Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Join Myra, Jeff with a G, Dr. Sam, Jeffrey, and me, Jeff with a J, as we work to debunk those leadership myths. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. And welcome back to No More Leadership BS. I am Jeff Conroy, followed with my amazing friends, Jeff McLaughlin, Myra Hall, Jeff Geyer, and Dr. Sam Jennings. And today, we're going to listen from uh, one of our illustrious cast here, if you will. And we're going to talk with uh, Jeff McLaughlin, the madman from Otis Orchard. <laughs> with that, I'm surprised you remember Otis Orchard. It's like, that's pretty good. I Most remember, people can't find it on a map, myself included. I remember everything. <laughs> Before we get this out of control, take it away, Ms. McLaughlin. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, First of all, you know, it's a a crazy day today for me. We're getting ready to go to a jiu-jitsu tournament with my kids. And uh, it also is my wife and my uh, 17th wedding anniversary today. That's the anniversary. Yeah. I know. up with them for 17 years. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there's got to be some sort of mental issue there. I mean, seriously. Anybody that could put up with me that long. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Jesus. hey, brother, you know, 17 years is no record. But in today's day and age, good for you. Keep gold, brother. Oh, yeah. Where you're at. His life, yeah. <laughs> Three. I thought it was thirty. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is that how that works? Yeah. Oh man. I know. We digress though. So yeah, today our our topic though is one of the ones that uh, that is probably one of my passions in life, and that is play. Uh, I absolutely love play, all forms of it. Uh, you know, I, I sometimes yeah, I've been called the professor of play, uh, but really it's about what does play do for other people? How does play connect us as human beings, and what place does play have? in the workplace. And so uh, the myth that we're going to talk about today is that play is just for kids. Play is for kids. It does not have any room, any space in the workplace. And so to address that myth, uh, I was going to pose the question to you guys. Y'all know you've heard all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Of course. We've all heard that. Um, So why do you think that people uh, assume or think that play is just for kids? Why, why don't we incorporate more play in the workplace? And what does that play do for people in the workplace? So I, the question would be really, is there a place for play in the workplace for adults? What do you guys think? Yes. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Now I've worked for people, I've worked for people, I've worked for people who think that if you're playing too much, it's a distraction and you're not doing your job. And I think there is that level, but you can have fun. At work, um, I've done putt putt contests, and I've done uh, you know how many objects are in a jar, and I've played games, um, uh, word searches, and fun stuff like that, just to keep it light because work can be heavy. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's the kind of stuff I've done. Now I know you go bonkers. You go uh, to next level. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I, 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 what, I, that, I, what I was going to say, Jeff, is um, the buying play, right? Because that it is it is you know what is it? There is that. That's a great definition. Uh, there is there are so many different definitions of play. If you're introducing free play versus intentional play versus play for a purpose, um, I I truly believe that play is things that bring us joy and happiness uh, and connect us as human beings. And so any kind of play, if it's verbal play, uh, that banter, that playful banter between coworkers, if it's uh, uh, mental play, meaning you're trying to do something that is out of the ordinary for the purpose of trying to uh, succeed or win at a challenge. Uh, there is athletic play. There's imaginative play. There's all sorts of different kinds of play. Um, but play for the sake of play is basically meaning you don't, there's no point or purpose to it. Uh, play is free play is, is just for the point of joy and happiness. There seems to be no real reason for it. That's the kind of play that most children get into when they don't have adults walking around them and, and supervising and being helicopter parents. Uh, but for adults, it's different. Adults tend to have different kinds of play. Uh, we as adults, especially in the workplace, you know, we, we as, as a group, anytime we get together, we have that verbal play. We have that banter. Uh, you know, we have nicknames. We, we give each other a hard time out of love and caring. And, and that is kind of a, that in, in itself is a, a form of play. So it's interesting that, that there are multiple groups that I've worked with specifically on play. How do we incorporate more play into the workplace? Um, and it has to be intentional though. That's one of my things is it, it intentionality behind the play is the important part. You can't just play for the sake of play. I have a good example. Uh, and I, I worked with a, an individual from an organization and it was a, an organization that had moved from a very small budget of like $200,000. Uh, and the project that he was currently working on within a decade was in the $250 million range. So they had some massive explosive growth and they were trying to incorporate play into their, their very, very busy, um, work day. And the new person in HR just put up a ping pong table in the break room and said, we're going to have a ping pong tournament and didn't give the reason why or what was, what was the ex? It's just like, Hey, we're having a ping pong tournament. Everybody come right now. And, you know, people were like, well, wait a minute. I've got, I've got a, $250 million project I'm working on right now, trying to meet deadlines. I don't have time to go and play ping pong. Like this is not, it wasn't intentional. There wasn't the thought behind it of we're going to do this on this date for this purpose with these people. You can play here, 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 here. And this is the point of it. She just said, here's a ping pong table. We're doing a tournament. Everybody go right now. And it wasn't well thought out versus you've got like companies like Patagonia who has a workplace policy of, hey, if you're feeling like down or you're not quite working to the, the top level of your ability, take an hour, go surfing, go with somebody, go with a friend, grab somebody and go surfing, get out of your brain, do something active, and then come back and get right on. And so they have a very flexible workplace where they allow play and, and people to do those things uh, on their own or with a team or a group with intentionality of go clear your head 
and then come back and be productive. And so the intentionality part behind it is really, really important versus play for the sake of play is great, but probably outside of the workplace to regenerate, rejuvenate with ourselves. Does that make sense? Yes. Heck yeah. It gets people to engage in a different way. You know, we did this thing where we had people in training, we do a staff invasion. And so I go right into their meeting and with permission of the person facilitating, of course, go run in and just hoot and holler and throw candy around and leave. No conversation. You know, it's got, <laughs> I'm a big candy fairy. And they're like, what was that? Like, well, that was just Sam throwing candy. So that was it. <laughs> and then they get back to work. But just a little break to, you know, kind of reduce some of the stress and sort of bring a little bit of levity, but then still stay on task reasonably. And it worked out pretty well to get people just sort of uh, fired up again. Yeah. Break the monotony with real quick, uh, a 20 to 30 second burst, right? And then you throw candy and they're like, oh, what? Something different. So there's a physical aspect of it, trying to catch something that's flying at your face. I love face hard candies. Oh, and I wound up and warmed up really well. So I get a good heat on those uh, peppermints stepping across the office. <laughs> jolly Rancher at 300 miles an hour. That's <laughs> not so jolly. It's not jolly. <laughs> it's the candy cannon. Welcome. Oh, man. <laughs> right. Well, it's interesting because that's, that's, that's the thing is that they, the, the break. So that monotony of a meeting can be broken by a quick little 20 to 30 second burst. Then they get a little bit of, of like, just like what the heck just went on, snaps them out of what they're thinking and allows them to refocus in just a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be, Hey, we're going to go to this ropes course for a full day and we're going to talk about deep things. It can be something simple, like going into a meeting real fast, throwing a bunch of candy and like, woohoo, good job, keep it up. And then you're gone. Yep. It, yep. It's it's the intentionality behind it, right? So it's fascinating though. But uh, I mean, one of the one of the things that, you know, a lot of us, you can look up the statistics about workplace engagement online. And I mean, we're, we're coming up on like close to three quarters of the American workforce is disengaged at, at work, which is really not great. Not great at all. I mean, if you've got disengaged workers, I mean, that's pretty, that's a bad statistic. So yeah, they're not going to be as, yeah, they're not going to be as productive, you know, but if they're engaged in the workplace, if they enjoy the people they work with and they can have just a little bit of fun, it can go so far in terms of productivity and having people be more active in the workplace itself. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's the purpose of play. It's real simple. Do a little bit of play, make the world a little bit better engage your employees and have some fun. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. G off, uh, Jeff. <laughs> and it, it's, I, I agree with you totally too much work makes, makes the whole world dull. Um, but where we might part just a little bit is how do you, how do you define enjoy for the masses? And I bring that up because a high eye is going to want to play, want to have fun, um, or it's not worth it to them. A high, high C, on the other hand, somebody that's into details and all that, the very fact of working on it is fun for them, enjoying that. If they get their time to really dig into it, then they're happy, happy as clams. So, I mean... I can see a situation where if you had a, a well-rounded team with all the different personalities, that some goofing off would be great for a portion of it. 
And the other portion would, would see it as not fun at all. They don't enjoy it. It's not, it's not what they want to do. So I'm sure in your, in your career that you've run into this, just curious how you would hold that. So that would be the intentionality piece behind it and knowing your team. So having the, the assessment piece of, Hey, these are my high eyes. They're going to just want to have fun and play. These are my S's. They're going to want to make sure everybody gets along and that everybody gets a chance to play. Your D's are just going to be like, I don't care about the rules. I just want to win. And then your C's are going to be like, well, wait a minute. Let's, let's really think about this and be cerebral about it uh, and follow the rules. So if you can actually find activities that engage all of those aspects. So it doesn't have to be uh, a physical activity, although that can be fun sometimes. Sometimes it can be really cerebral. Uh, I did an activity where with a group of that were mostly C's and S's uh, that I gave them all the same tools. I broke them up into two teams and they had to build a tower out of marshmallows and spaghetti. And I gave them 35 minutes and I said, great, here you go, guys. Whoever builds the tallest freestanding tower wins. And most of them were engineers. So they immediately saw the engineering problem. They were immediately engaged. And, but then all of a sudden that the frustration piece of dude, spaghetti is not a good thing to build out of, <laughs> but laughing. Oh my gosh. It was just, it was fun. Um, and the interesting thing is this is an experiment, uh, that, that, that you can do. I can't remember that. I, I think the culture code was the book I got it out of. And they, they found that if you do this experiment with CEOs, lawyers, doctors, engineers, uh, people in business school, college kids, uh, they, they have different ways of engaging and talking to each other. And so it's, it's a bright piece of, it's a fun activity to see how far they can get, what they can do with the, with the activity. But then how do they engage with each other? And that allows you to, if you're facilitating or if you're a, a, a leader to really listen to how your team engages with each other. How do they talk to each other? How do they accomplish a task? which then has a direct application to how are they going to talk to each other in the workplace? How are they going to work together in the workplace? Because it's got to be for the experiments, it's fast and furious, right? You've got so much time to accomplish a task, get it done. But if you're looking at, well, great, how's that like business? Great. We've got a certain amount of time. We've got a task. Let's get it done. But people go about that different ways and communication between those different styles uh, it can be an engagement piece in itself. So a high I talking to a high C is going to obviously slow down and say, Hey, wait, what are, what are the details that I need to know so I can present this to other people so that it can be successful? And the high C is going to be like, well, you need to know this, 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 this. And you're going to really not want to sell this. You're going to want to do this. So those team aspects of how they communicate effectively together can be, uh, enhanced by how they play. And so play for that purpose of engaging each other in an activity together to increase communication in the workplace. So it's not just willy-nilly play. Uh, it, and like you said, different kinds of play are for different people. I love people. I'm a high I. But at the same time, there's times I just want to throw up the birds and just walk away from civilization and be out in the woods all by myself. And I need that time to rejuvenate which is really interesting because I'm almost a hundred percent high. And so <laughs> yeah. maybe that's just the traffic. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. I get, yeah. when I get quiet, my wife worries. And I said, I just used up my words for the day. Cause my, my, high, my high eye is like a 98. Yeah. I mean, yep, we're both there. 
obnoxiously high. <laughs> Heavy on the obnoxious. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, Andre, right? We use all our words. Sometimes we got to rejuvenate. You gotta rejuvenate. Blake, you need different things. Yeah, different things to different people. I also love to read. So I will, you know, sometimes play for me is sitting in the backyard, having a glass of wine and reading a book for fun, not personal development. Something that's going to make me laugh and giggle. Yeah. Hard. Captain you Underpants, know. right? Captain Underpants. Captain, oh my gosh. I no, love Captain love, Underpants. Sorry. Who doesn't love Captain Underpants? <laughs> <laughs> that was a big read in East Joy. That was a big read in Eastern Oregon. I was like, oh, isn't that like the, the fifth grade? <laughs> Jeff, I got another question for you. Um, in, in bigger group settings where, you know, the culture of the company or the group is is this whole um, aspect of play like we've been talking about. Um, how, how do you keep, and and there's obviously in big groups, there's all different kinds of uh, behavioral styles and different personalities and things like that. How do you keep the play from getting out of hand? <laughs> how, do you, how do you get, how do you keep it, you know, where the, the high D's aren't, aren't steamrolling people and, you know, uh, I, I'm just thinking of like a flag football game and instead of, you know, grabbing flags, the high D's are tackling people, you know, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, so, some people, you know, don't think that that would be appropriate. So, um, I know. Apologize for that. I apologize. Yeah, I know. I know. And my broken arm healed up. So, <laughs> um, uh, you know what I mean? How, how do you... How do you keep it where that everybody is having fun, where it doesn't cross that line? That's a really great question. Uh, and it, it depends on the group. So the, the largest group that I ever uh, did uh, a facilitated play with was just over 400 people. And we actually played tag. 400 people played tag in an enclosed environment in a gym. And it was, you know, there were some people that were, well, uh, we had some bigger athletes, athletic people, and uh, it was like, wow, I played tag in, in Canada, which apparently if you go to Canada and play tag, it's it's hockey without the skates. I'm not kidding. I had student <laughs> leaders and they were taking out their big teeth. And I'm like, what's going on right now? And I was like, it was girls too. Holy crap, man. It was insane. Taking out their teeth. T literally taking out teeth. Like <laughs> pop. And I was like, I didn't realize that was fake. Oh my gosh like missing front teeth and stuff. I was, oh and these God. are, they, they were high schoolers, but, but the group, the largest group, that 400 person group <laughs> in an enclosed area, trying to emphasize, Hey, number one is be safe. Number two, have fun. And it was one-on-one -on -one tag with 400 plus people. So you versus another person. And <laughs> my was shaking her head like, no, no, not be fun. <laughs> right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. Right. High eyes are like, Yay! D's are like, I'm going to win. C's are like, how do I say the rules? You know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's really, oh, Myers on you. I think S's are, how do I get out of here? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And C's are going, how do we pay for this? Yeah. <laughs> that's the bill got cost. Yeah. Right. But facilitating something that's that large, uh, it, it, it takes them, it takes a while to get to that point where you can actually do that, where people feel like they can trust each other. And so it's little micro, little sessions of play first uh, that are simple and easy. And you have to work your way into something like that. You just can't start off and say, we're going to play 10. It doesn't work. You have to have that no like trust ability and you have to uh, get people engaged in the process. And so that's, that's a part of a training. It can't be the only thing. 
Um, you know, so that's that intentionality behind it. Uh, start small with the simple little things. Talking to somebody else and laughter is a form of play. If you can ask them a silly question, you know, one of my favorite questions to ask leaders and people is, you know, great. What's one of your favorite Disney movies? Cause everybody says, Oh, well, I've seen Disney movies. Great. Cool. What's one of your favorite ones? Great. Now, if you could be any Disney princess for a day, which one would you be? And watching these, these people go, huh? Well, you know, and they start thinking about it because some of the Disney princesses have powers, right? Moana can control water and Elsa has the ice power, right? All these different things. You know, Princess, the, the, the Sleeping Beauty has the power to nap anywhere. That's a great power. Um, Myra, those so, are Disney movies. <laughs> those are just in case you didn't know. Well, yeah. I don't. I, honestly, I, I don't watch movies. <laughs> well, Mo- Moana's in Hawaii. <laughs> Elsa Honor, Norway. Norway, yeah. Yeah. And the other ones are in a forest somewhere. Yeah. Magical forest. Prant dragons. Undescript forests. <laughs> Whistling while they work. And then there's animals helping clean. That's a cool power. I love that power. <laughs> right? But the... the I do the, know the, all about, the, about Snow White. Just just so you know. I do know about Snow White. There you go. See? Snow White the Seven Doors. Yeah. So, it's it's interesting, but... the. <laughs> Seven dwarves, they do all the cleaning, right? They do all the makeup. It's awesome. We've devolved. They, we've devolved. Oh my gosh. See, we're at a I, squirrel, shiny. Squirrel. Yeah. But, high eyes. Is, is high this play? Are we playing? Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So that laugh, anything, like really anything that can create a little bit of joy and laughter with your team and create the energy of we're in this together is a form of play. It can be super fast and easy. It doesn't have to take a long time. Uh, once you get to know your team, you can increase the challenge level. You can increase the, um, activity level depending on how your team reacts to different kinds of play. So in, in conclusion, as we're coming up our side frame here, uh, intentional play can completely change the engagement level of your employees, uh, your team, and can increase profits through having a more engaged workplace that has more fun because they're going to want to actually work more. It provides focus. And all sorts of other benefits as well, including health benefits. So, which we didn't really get into. So, uh, you know, if you out there are listening and you want more information, you have questions, uh, you have comments on how you've played or what you've done in your workplace and if it was effective or not, you can always reach out to us at ask us at leadershipbs.co. That's ask us at leadershipbs.co. And would be more than happy to uh, answer any questions or even give you ideas. I wrote an, uh, a little ebook about activities that you can do in the workplace. Uh, if you want to go ahead, you can call us. I don't know what the number is. I don't think we have an 800 number yet. We're not give, that my, you give Myra's number. Give my- <laughs> if we give you Myra's number, I'm going to give you the challenge of who's got the best Chewbacca growl in the country and go. <laughs> It's a contest. <laughs> Call Myra and find out. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so for all of us here at the No More Leadership BS crew, thank you so much for listening and we will see you all again. Well, we won't see you. We'll talk to you again <laughs> next week. <laughs> Bye. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS Podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. If we use your email questions or comments, you will win a DISC behavioral assessment and debrief with one of our highly trained podcast teammates. And last but not least, don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much and tune in next time. We'll see you then.